I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the back. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Let me hear it. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Whew. Man, it feels good to beat those Lakers. I I think this could be my... The Houston win was my favorite win of the season. But I think this Lakers game... It's past it. Anytime you can beat LeBron and the Lakers combined. You know, I've talked in the past about how when my favorite player, Vince Carter, signed with the Mavericks and how it was just the, my favorite team. And it's like your favorite player, favorite team joined together. It was just a match made in heaven in my heart, in my fandom heart. Well, the opposite of that was when LeBron signed with the Lakers because I always hated the Lakers and I always disliked LeBron so then they joined forces I'm like man all right cool now I can just hate the whole team it's just such a good feeling considering the first game too because I was at the first and we've talked about it my dad and I, I was so pissed how the first one this should have been win number two against the Lakers uh for being honest and Seth Curry would agree with you of, <laughs> heck of a win my favorite win the biggest win of the season and if there's any doubters across the league from anyone about Luka and even this Mavs team making the playoffs, you better stay hidden at this point because... They're, Biggest they're win here. of the season. Bigger than the Rockets? Bigger than the Nuggets? Yes. Yes. Biggest win of the season, in my opinion. You just walked into into Staples, beat LeBron and AD, who have won 10 straight, and you didn't just like beat them at the buzzer or went into overtime and barely like you manhandled them in the second half. And I thought that was it was it was a weird win because Luca didn't have like a forty point game. Kristaps didn't have a thirty five point game. Whatever. It was a team win, but it was also Luca taking over in the third too. So it, yeah, biggest win of the season in my opinion. Obviously, on the show today, we're going to be breaking down the Mavericks' 114-100 to win over the Lakers in L.A. Of course, we will be talking about my feelings during the game. Just kidding. Um, Nick, who did you want to who win? Who did you want to win? <laughs> um, so many things to get into in this game. The Let's just start from the beginning. We saw you know, the Mavericks come out, and they looked sluggish. We expected them to come out and look sluggish. They had a couple days off in L.A. You talking about their play or the jerseys? <laughs> <laughs> the jerseys look sluggish. I don't think the jerseys look sluggish. That's not the word I would use. But the Mavericks, their basketball play, they came out. They were wearing the jerseys, like like Isaac said. They the, the new city jerseys with the neon. Dirk was in attendance. Massive. Dirk in attendance Big at time. a road game? This has never happened before. This is the first time ever that Dirk has been in attendance at a road game for the Mavericks. Wild. Crazy. Uh, and by the way, the Mavericks are now two and zero when Dirk is in attendance as a fan slash you know obviously legend of of the Mavericks. They've beaten LeBron's last two teams, the Cavs and the Lakers. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. It doesn't really mean anything, but, <laughs> but I thought that was funny. So, so many things to get out of this game. Like Isaac said, Luka Doncic, twenty seven points, nine boards, ten assists. He started off really slow in the first quarter. He 
only had six points. He finished with seven turnovers. I think four of them were in the first quarter. It just looked really tough for him out there. The, the Lakers had a good game plan coming out of it. They collapsed the lane anytime that that Luca was trying to drive in the lane. That's where he's been getting a lot of his you know work done over this this beginning of the season essentially. And they just collapsed anytime. There was arms and hands everywhere, and just the ball was being swatted out. I think the first two possessions, Porzingis got the ball swiped out of his hands. I mean, the Lakers were just everywhere on these passes. And then Luca just turned it on in the third quarter and, and you know, even towards the end of the second quarter. It was it was a a great game by Luca, even if the numbers don't say it. Yeah, that first quarter, especially since he was one rebound away from a great game. So we should mention we should mention that as well. Yeah, I mean he had a pretty good game. I mean, <laughs> if he, if he had another rebound, it would have been, been great, it would have been great. <laughs> um, this is what back to back games, right? It was one rebound. Yeah, one rebound away, away. from another. And people double, say so. he's stat padding. Well, he's not doing it well enough. <laughs> that first padding quarter, it was goes. rough. It was uh, kind of rough to watch. You thought. Yeah, you thought the Lakers were going to just keep pulling away from it. They literally, I had wrote down for my first quarter notes, no answer for Anthony Davis. Yeah. And, I mean, you watch more Lakers games than I do, obviously. It, does every team struggle with, with AD like we do? Yeah, there there are certain teams that have, you know, bigger guys that'll be like like Marcus All that'll be able to take him in the post, but then he just takes him farther away from the basket, and he can drive at you too. He's, he's Giannis-like in a sense that, he can be mobile. He's more. He, he likes to you know post up a little bit more, but he can attack you off the dribble too. And that's when that's when it just gets so dangerous for big guys like Gasol and Rudy Gobert and guys like that. But every team has struggled against AD pretty much. I mean that Utah game or that uh, the Memphis game where he shot like thirty free throws. I mean that's just that struggle to the nth degree. Uh, but yeah, teams have player teams have really struggled against AD. The Lakers, though, they were asking for this game. The last couple of games, they've just they've barely beaten teams. They've they've toyed around and let teams, um, you know, come back in the in the third quarter, and then the Lakers just go on a run at the beginning of the fourth and just kind of, you know, blow them out the rest of the way. But this Mavericks team was not going away, and I thought that that was a great testament to this Mavericks team that they could go on a run in the third quarter, on the back of Luca and come out with this win and. Like Ben, like like Jeff Skin Wade likes to say, they put their throat on the neck. <laughs> um, I wanted to say Anthony Davis's shooting averages have been down this year, but I mean he is shooting his lowest field goal percentage of his career so far. Taking a lot of jumpers, um, the jumper has not been great so far. Because that was my that was my thing. I was I'm like, man, just dare him to shoot at this point. Just give him. Give him the outside, but he he seemed like he got whatever position he wanted, yeah. no matter who they switched off on him. I mean, I feel like he got three straight fouls on Porzingis, and I was like, dang it, like this sucks. Well, and Porzingis, but, Porzingis wasn't even guarding him. That's the thing is that Dwight Powell was the one guarding him one on one, but he would jump in the air, you know, and, and get caught on his his you know pump fake, and then Kristaps Porzingis would come over and try to help, and then he you know would foul him because he he yeah. couldn't get in the lane. I tweeted during the game that. The Mavericks bigs just are basically like on pogo sticks in the lane, but they're not the good pogo sticks that make you jump higher. They're just the pogo sticks that you just kind of erratically jump around. That's what it felt like in the paint against Anthony Davis, especially in that first quarter. Yeah, and I don't think it's a slight to Maxi or Dwight or anything. It's just Anthony Davis is that good. It's a I mean, slight a- to Dwight. Okay. I mean, sure. Dwight has not played well. And he, I was trying to be nice. Nate. Did not. He, I mean, I, I don't think he did. I don't even think he... Yeah, he did not show up well against Anthony Davis. Yes, he's obviously going to get scored on, but 
it's just so rough. Just the, the fouling, the jumping out of the way, the not being able to rebound against him. He had some good moments in this game for sure, but defending AD, there was no positives. Yeah, and and you saw that too. In the first quarter, they had uh, they had twenty four points in the paint in the first quarter, yeah. which was I mean that's a ton. It was insane, and it was one of those first quarters where I between the South said, you know, I feel like the Mavericks should be down by like fifteen. Yeah, and they walked out of the first quarter down by five. I didn't. I'm like, why? How are they not down by a lot? And, and how? the answer to that is the bench. And man, I I mentioned this at the very beginning, but you're walking away. You know, you're walking out of LA with a how much did they win? About 14? fourteen. With a fourteen point win against one of the best teams in the league, and you know, Luca didn't even hit thirty. Porzingis didn't even hit twenty. And I think this is a testament to the team and the pieces around them because my favorite, my favorite performance of the night. Besides, I mean, Luca is Luca. I feel like we can't even include Luca in these. You know, who who had the best game or who do you like the most in this game? I thought freaking DeLon Wright played an amazing game tonight. So I good. Mean, he, he played 27 minutes off the bench. He finished with 17 points, three of six from three, shot 50% from three, had five rebounds, nine assists, and four steals, and a plus 16 plus minus. I mean, that's that's an insane stat line for DeLon Wright off the bench. And Yeah, I thought he played an incredible game. It's exactly why you bring him in, and it's exactly yeah. why, you know, it, it's – Goes back and let's let's uh let's talk about this coming up. This is why the Mavericks signed Delon Wright and Seth Curry and maybe didn't go all in on some other guys besides Kemba. So coming up, let's get into that. Why this game kind of proves the Mavs' way of building a team seems to have worked so far. So let's get into that. But before we do, Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook for free and two Audible originals also free. Visit audible.com slash locked on NBA. And if you're listening on the go to this podcast, which a lot of you are going back to work today. Sorry about it. <laughs> I feel for all you guys. Uh, I wish that I was too. You can go to locked on sponsors at lockedonpodcast.com slash offers. There's a link in the description of this podcast to check this out. Get a free audiobook from Audible. Go do that. Promo code locked on NBA. All right, Isaac. So DeLon Wright had a great game. In, you know, in this game against the, the Mavericks. And the the Mavericks, when they struck out on Kemba, when he decided to go to the Celtics, they decided to go for all these, you know, smaller contracts instead of going after, you know, a, a bigger guy or just spending all their money on, on one player. And it allows the Mavericks now to have DeLon Wright have a great game and Seth Curry have a great game in another night. And, you know, it, it allows them to take – Instead of signing one, you know, 75% player, they signed two 50% players, right? And so they give you they give you at least something good every night between the two of them. And I thought that this was, you know, proof of that. I mean, don't, good lord, that stat line, 17 points, 5 boards, 9 assists, 4 steals. Come come on. Yeah, you know, and it's been a weird kind of role or not really weird, but a different type of role than what we imagined. When we've talked about this on this pod over the past few weeks, but <clears throat> and uh, Tim Hardaway Jr.'s play, uh, you know, of late, and how we were debating on is it going to be Hardaway or Jackson or Finney Smith going to be that fifth starter because we assumed the four starters were KP and Luca, and then Dwight Powell and Delon Wright, and 
DeLon Wright has not been a stapled starter in this lineup. And so it's been it's been a little bit different as the fact that he's been coming off the bench. That seems like it's his role. They love playing him and Brunson together. And it does seem like he, he thrives in that role. It's kind of like you look at the Toronto role when he came off the bench behind Lowry then played with Fred Van Vliet. And Fred Van Vliet is one of these guys where I hope Brunson can get to that level one day. That's like yeah. the comp in the league I like. So... It's like they're trying to recreate the old Toronto backcourt in Dallas right now, and it's working. And he just does so many times, so many things he does on the floor. You're like, oh dang, that that's a Delon Wright move right there. The the Alex Caruso tried to do the entry pass into AD posting on like the right block, and Delon Wright just jumps up and just snags it out of midair. Yeah. Most players just let that pass go on. Like you just okay, he's going to pass it. You just roll with your player. He jumps up, snags it. He gets his hands on so many deflections. He has some – he's not super, super fast. So when he does cross people up, it looks it, – for me, it looks better than what it is because I'm like, wow, how does he – he's kind of like Luka in a sense of he's not super fast, but he's super quick. And he's kind of deceiving with his like slower, tall crossovers. But some of his finishes in the paint, he's so long – that yeah, he had one finish and I can't describe it. I don't know when it was in the game, but it was kind of a backwards, uh, kind of flip up reverse layup with his right hand across the paint. And I, I mean, I didn't think he was going to even hit the rim with it and he banked it in and I, I couldn't, I walked away tonight more impressed with him than anybody. Yeah. He's a decisive player. He's a player that once he sets his mind to something, he's going to, he's going to go do it. And he sets his mind pretty quickly into what he's going to do. And whether it's gonna, whether he's driving to the rim, whether he's going to take a three, he was three of six from three, right in this game. I mean, he's hitting his wide open threes, which is what you want him to do, which is what you ask of him to do. You don't ask him to hit three threes every night, but obviously when he hits them, that's you know super welcomed. And but when he's going to the basket, he knows exactly what he's going to do when he gets there. When he's trying to pass and he's trying to create a play, he's he knows exactly what he's going to do when he starts it, and he doesn't project it which is positive too. The best game that he's had this entire season. And uh, that's great for the Mavericks. We're not trying to push the right into the starting role. Now we still like him no, off no, the no, bench. No. Yeah. We're still there. Yeah. I'm, I'm still there too. I think that the Mavs bench has, has proven to be, um, has proven to be a huge strength for them. One of the big things I, I noticed early on in the second quarter, so the Mavericks kind of went down and then the, the Mavericks bench went on a 16 to six run in the second quarter. And that was right before the Dirk tribute, and they were tied at that point. Uh, but the Mavericks bench really kept him in it. This could have been a blowout if it starts to you know, snowball during the second quarter, but the Mavs bench really kept him in it, and then that's when Lu- then Luka went on that big run in the third to kind of shift it into the Mavs' favor. But the, the bench has, has been massive. Maxi off the bench, too, six points, nine boards, two assists. Seth Curry only hit one three. Justin Jackson, 15 points. Off the bench, when Justin Jackson scores, he looks great. <laughs> and, and this is what I, I tweeted uh, one tweet about this, but I want to expand on it. It still amazes me I, I, when players can, when they don't have a consistent spot in the rotation, when they when they go into every single game knowing that, hey, I could play twenty minutes tonight, or I could get a DMPCD, and I'm not going to play at all. And how J.J. Morea, how Justin Jackson's of the world, how Jalen Brunson to an extent, how these guys can always be ready, how these guys can always step in no matter. I'm going to read to you the minutes played for Justin Jackson over the past few games. This is back in mid-November. Played four minutes. 
Game after that, four minutes. The game after that, 29 minutes. <laughs> 23 minutes after that. Then nine minutes. Then two minutes. Then 12 minutes. And then tonight, 15 minutes. This is all over the place. Over the past, what, month, he's played 30 minutes in a game. He's played two minutes in a game. That like He's got a DMPCD before in, in, in the season. The inconsistent minutes... It, it would drive me nuts as a player. And before you say, oh, this is professional athletes, what they're supposed to do. They, professional athletes love get love to get in rhythms, too. They love to know what their role is. They love to know you know, what to expect if they're going to play and stuff. So I can't praise him enough because it seems like when he gets into the game, it seems like when J.J. Beret gets in the game, they make things happen. They hit shots. What? Whether you want to argue he should be in the rotation or not all the time, I, that's a whole different conversation. I just want to praise him for coming in and just knocking down shots when his number's called because that's not an easy thing to do, no matter how much you want to simplify that. That was well said. <laughs> Very well said on Justin Jackson. Um, he's you know he's proven a lot being able to to be available. It's hard for me to you know when people say we should play Justin Jackson more. Who do you sit? I mean, do you sit Curry yeah. instead of him? Do you sit Brunson instead of him? I mean, do you sit Tim Hardaway Jr., who didn't have a great game in this one? 3 of 10 from the field, 8 points, 2 boards. But he had 2 steals. He had an assist uh, you know, in 30 minutes, which is not a ton. But he also didn't lose the game for the Mavericks. <laughs> so, I mean, and he's had a, an incredible week, Tim Hardaway Jr. has. So it, it's hard to try and carve out minutes. But Justin Jackson is proving that. You know when he's when he's called upon, when his number is called whenever the Mavericks need him he he's gonna be able to go out there and you know play that small ball four sometimes and you know play the three when he needs to stretch the floor hit that floater when he's able to and uh, that's what the Mavericks needed in this game and he he came through and the, and that's the benefit of having depth like this with this current situation you're looking at and saying hey we knew this going into the season one or two of these guys are <clears throat> they're not gonna be playing. And you know that going into the season, you're like, all right, we don't know who it's going to be, but a couple of these guys just won't be in the rotation at all. But this is this is a huge, huge part or huge factor of your team when these next couple of months, when the trade deadline stuff really starts to pick up, trade rumors and stuff, if Dallas does go out and make a bigger trade and they trade two for one or a three for one type of deal, you have these guys at the end of your bench like Justin Jackson, J.J. Perea, these guys who you know can play. They've been playing in these inconsistent minutes and you know they can get in and hit shots to where if, if Dallas does make some type of bigger trade, they have the depth and the pieces to fill in those rotation spots compared to somebody like a Golden State that you look at their team right now and it's just garbage. So it's not, you're not filling your roster with garbage at that point. So <clears throat> I do want to, I know Boban only played four minutes, <laughs> but it's, those type of situations of why you bring Boban in, of a team like Dallas who brings somebody like Dwight Howard, who's been having a good Lakers. season. Who did I say? Duh. You said a team like Dallas that brings in Dwight Howard. Oh, God, I thought no. it was like 2012 Gosh, all over again. Take that sentence away. <laughs> um, edit that out. But no, when the Lakers bring in somebody like Dwight Howard, who you know he feasts on some of these opposed team second units and how Dallas has Boban a pitcher in your bullpen that you can bring in to counter one of these guys like a Dwight Howard. And even though he did play those four minutes, you can tell it just changes the how Lakers want to do things. They're used to Dwight kind of 
you know, manning up some of these other opposing backup bigs, and you're not going to do that against Boban. So I just, I love the four minutes Boban plays. I love the bullpen role that he has against some of these other bigs in the league. And I, it's just a collective conversation of, this is a great team win, and the bench, man, they really held their own, including that fourth quarter run. When Luka and KP are out, you're like, all right, and they put LeBron and AD back in. You know, that's when I got scared. <laughs> because it was like, I can't remember for sure who was out there, but I know it was Seth and DeLon, and it was Dwight and like Maxi, And I don't know who that fifth person was, but I know Luca and KP were out of the game. And I got scared, but man, they held their ground and they kept the lead. And I was more impressed with that small run right there than one of the other runs. Well, not the 17-0 run, but. Heck, heck yeah, <laughs> that 17-0 run was massive. But but yeah, when when the Mavericks are able to to hold their ground like that, a lot of teams, they have these starters that come out and they play really well for them. And then the bench goes out there and loses it for them, right? And the Mavericks are yeah. not in that position right now. Their bench actually sometimes gets them the lead, which is amazing. It's a it's an incredible thing to have. All right, coming up, let's get into Kristaps Porzingis, um, the Lakers side of it maybe, Dwight Powell maybe a little bit more, and just the rest of this game because there's so many things to pull from this game. All right, Isaac, let's break down that 17-0 run. So the Mavericks, third quarter Mavericks are different now. I mean, that the – you know, people say now, like, oh, that sleep hit different when blah, 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 and they say something. That third quarter hit different when you have Luka and Borzingis and when you have this team because they're they're different now in the, in the third quarter. We used to look at third quarters and say, oh, the Mavericks, the third quarter Mavericks are going to blow a lead again in the third quarter coming out of halftime. It's going to be awful. Luka figured out how to play against this Lakers team, and the Lakers just stopped collapsing. I don't know what the, – they stopped collapsing in the paint when Luka would drive. Gave him opportunities to get in the lane, to kick out, to get in the lane and score buckets just to hit layups. And he was hitting them off of, you know, AD and JaVale and guys with like really long limbs that can block shots. But Luka just sticks his butt out behind him, extends the arm in front of him, can get off a layup, you know, does the, the twisty moves that he can in the in the post. It's, a, it's amazing to watch him just, you know, figure something out like that and to see a weakness and just keep attacking and attacking. And he finished the quarter, you know, 16 points in the quarter. The most he's ever scored in the third quarter, by the way. Fox Sports South wants it, though. That third quarter run by Luka was, I mean, that's a top five player run. That's a top five player quarter right there. That's and, that's the difference between, you know, yeah. having a bunch of good guys and one great guy. Exactly. And that's the type of players that you need to win championships. That's the type of players you have to have to make late, deep postseason runs. And... Even, you know, you look at the first half compared to that and, you know, his first quarter start just wasn't you know very good and just kind of sluggish, like you said at the beginning. But that third quarter run, he just took it over. And that's what great players do. He had it in his eye. He was feeling it. So, I mean, some of the shots, they're not the great shots. Some That one shot he came down, did like a sidestep three on Danny Green's face on the wing. I'm like, dang, like it was early in the shot clock too. Nothing but net. It's like he gets in those zones to where he just knows that it's going in. And he gets into the paint. It did seem like, yeah, it's like they – were threatened by the Dallas's shooting because they didn't close the paint. He had that dunk in the in the lane. I think we yeah, should start tracking Luca dunks. And yeah, basketball reference should, does. I think he's had two this year. But we should start uh, making a bigger deal about Luca dunks because yeah, he didn't, got up. Didn't we have a board bet on Wes Matthews dunks one year? We might have. I know we have we have that board bet on uh, 
Boban this year. Than, I uh, used to do a I used to do a trivia show at the end of the year with the uh, Mavs Fanatic podcast when I did that. And one year it was who had more dunks, Dirk, who was like thirty nine. It was like it was that one year, and, or Wes Matthews, and it was Dirk. Dirk had two, and Wes had one. <laughs> so we might have to keep track of Luca dunks like that too. We definitely have to keep track of those. Sad note: Luca did switch shoes. Uh, he started the game yeah, in Paul George shoes, but when he made his third quarter run, you know what shoes he's wearing? Kobe's. Oh, on in the LA. court, on that yeah. court, man, that's, uh, that's crazy. So anyway, which that ain't saying he wears Kobe's all the time. It's not like he just pulled them out for LA, but still, uh, he did switch shoes again. So this counter of the games he switches shoes, that's gonna skyrocket. So that's a definite board bet. Luca's fourth dunk, according to Basketball Reference. Huh, interesting. Fourth dunk of the season. Um, but yeah, that third quarter was, yeah, it's a top five. It's an MVP type of quarter. And there's yeah. only a select few people that make those type of runs. And he put the team on his back and said, hey, I'm going to, we're going to push this lead farther. And got scared a little bit because, you know, it's LeBron, it's AD and stuff. But they kept their lead and the bench held their ground on that. And there was, uh, I mean, obviously my favorite play of the game was, there was a point in the fourth quarter where LeBron, it's like they came out of timeout and you could just picture LeBron saying, hey, I got Luka. And Luka <laughs> started guarding LeBron. But it wasn't even the step back on LeBron when he was guarding him because they switched. KCP was guarding him and they sw- LeBron switched off on, on Luka. And this was the moment where you're like, all right, most players look at this, especially at 20 years old, and say, all right, let's try to find the mismatch somewhere else. I'm not going to ISO this thing out, let alone do a step back, do my move on LeBron. But he ISOs LeBron out, does a step back, and drains it from 30 feet in LeBron's face, in LeBron's house. And that's the, I mean, that's my favorite play of the season so far. Of course, you know, because, I mean, LeBron, everything, I love everything about that play. There's so much symbolism behind that play, in my opinion. And that play right there, for me and for everyone else, should tell you Luka Doncic is every bit of the MVP right now. And he is a top 10, top 7, however you want to say it, player in the league. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was... Somebody said that that's going to be, you know, Luca's version of the Iverson crossover on Jordan. I have a feeling that's going to happen a few more times than Iverson's one play, but no, but I'm just saying look, Iverson had that play where it was like his welcome to the league. You just mm. took on, you know, the the greatest player ever at that point, and still the greatest player ever. But it was just that kind of a moment right there, and I just thought that I, I mean, I thought that was incredible just to hit that shot. I think he should have drove it right. Like I think he should have just drove to the rim. <laughs> Were they in the bonus? Was there big man? Was AD in the game? Uh, Mavericks did have two nights in LA. Just want to throw it out there before the game. Yeah. So. They got there, you know, they had the game. Shout out to the new Holger for keeping Luca on lockdown. <laughs> I don't know if she did or not, but uh so the the Mavericks, they they escape this four game stretch that we were looking at. We were saying this was gonna yeah. tell a lot about this Mavericks team. At the Rockets, dub. Home for the Clippers, not a great loss. At the Suns, dub. At the Lakers, another win. They come out of that stretch three and one. Are you happy about it? Oh, unbelievably happy. I mean, it, insane. And the fact that, I mean, you go into Phoenix. I know it's Phoenix, but you beat them on that first. I was scared about the Phoenix game, like I said yeah. like I said on here, because I thought it was the trap game. I thought they'd look for the L.A. and all that stuff. Um, but they took care of business. They made that win happen. 
And they walked into LA and I was scared after that first quarter. I'm like, dang it, two nights in LA, you know, off day and a half basically. And bam, I mean, they walk out of here with a 14 point lead, literally the third loss this season for the Lakers. Yeah. It's a huge, huge win for the Mavericks. And honestly, this could come up in tiebreaker situations later. Right, like yep. the Lakers are probably going to rest some guys down the stretch of the season if they continue their season like this, and the Mavericks could be right there, right up there. And games like this matter. I know that everybody says, "Oh, the ratings are down," so the, because the games don't matter. They do. <laughs> they matter right now. And right now, there's a top six in the West by you know by uh, record, and the Mavericks are right in it with the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Mavericks, Rockets, and Jazz. That's the top six. I mean, those are the teams that are you know couple games above 500 or more. And then there's Minnesota and Phoenix and Sacramento and Portland. And, like, that's the next group, I guess. Uh, it's wild. We're almost a quarter of the way through the season, and the Mavericks are in that top six in the West. Yeah, and it's not just they've played a cakewalk of a schedule either. Somebody right. tweeted tweeted that. I had quote tweeted, I think it was Blake Nelson, I think uh, Swish Nelson, something on Twitter the other day and a few days ago, and he, he tweeted out the Mavericks uh, away uh, uh, record and how they're like literally like three wins away from equaling their win total on the road last <laughs> year already this season. And somebody tweeted at me and said, yeah, but they've, they've had an easy schedule. And I'm like, okay, well, I will push back on that a little bit because they went into Houston and just throbbed them. You you just beat L.A. And wait, L- wait, wait, wait. What'd they do? What did I say? Did I say throb? <laughs> Trumped. Is that the word I was going for? What? What word am I going for? I don't know. You said they you know throbbed what I mean. them, and that was a little, that's a little graphic for this show. <laughs> anyway, they beat Houston. They beat the Lakers. They beat Denver. At, I mean, at we're, Denver, we're, at Denver. So if we're forming, if we're looking at the top six in the Western Conference, I mean, that's three of the six, and you're one of the six. So that's three of the five teams with you in that. In that, all on the road, all on the road that you went into their place and beat them. So I don't know what other games that you have to, or other opponents you have to try to prove yourself with schedule stuff or wins. But they have really, they have three really, really good wins on the road this season right now. Absolutely. So. The upcoming schedule for the Mavericks tomorrow, Tuesday. They pl- actually, if you're listening to this on Sunday, it's Tuesday. But I'll just for a lot of people listening on Monday, it's Tuesday. Okay, <laughs> at, at the Pelicans, then when then a back to back, home versus the Timberwolves, then again against the Pelicans on that Saturday, and then against the Kings on s- that next day Sunday. So another back to back, and then at the Pistons. That's their next five. Those are all winnable games. Those are all very, very winnable games that you're just you're not worried about going in. <laughs> at yeah, all. well, I mean, it's it's that this is the spot that we're not used to being in as most Mavericks fans over the past three years. It's where you can look at this and say, every game you feel like they have a legit chance to win. They just walked into LA and won by 14. So yeah, every team that you see you say right now, I'm like, all right, I think they can win this game. Like this is awesome. But yeah, you look at a team, you know, like the Timberwolves say, all right, well, this is, you know, hopefully this is a win, but you don't want to walk into it either and say automatic dub right here <laughs> uh, because then you have another Knicks situation. But Anyway, this is this is a huge, huge day, a huge, huge win as far as in this short season. And I think it just shows a lot of people, a lot of doubters, if there's still some out there in Luka or the Mavericks, that the Mavericks are for real this season. Absolutely. There you go. We'll be back tomorrow to break it down and to talk more about the next game. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.